The NHL season is almost here. We talk Flames offseason and predictions. The Jays, they did not make the playoffs, but what a season. Who wins it all now? That is what you will hear today on the Box Score Podcast. It feels like forever since we had an episode of the Box Score, but we are back for season and I am pretty excited as this year we will have more guests. In fact, I will try to have a guest on every single show, talking hockey and various other sports. And yes, Garbage Time will return soon enough. It will have more direction and probably more rants, but not for a few weeks. So what is in store for you today? Well, two guests will be on the show and two guests whom you have heard from before. One to talk hockey and another to talk baseball and boy do we have a lot to talk about the flames they had a slightly uneventful offseason despite all the rumors returning this season with a lot of the same roster minus the heart and soul of mark giordano but a few other teams had a very eventful offseason so in just a moment we welcome our first guest my friend hockey pole dynamo carling lamb <laughs> Carling, hello and welcome back. How does it feel to be one of the first guests on season three of the Box Score podcast? Uh, it feels great. I'm always honored to come on whenever you ask me. So, I mean, love talking hockey with you, like I've said in past episodes. So let's do it again. Yes, I still, I, I'll never forget the days at work where I think we spent more time talking about hockey than doing work. <laughs> uh, that's definitely something that happened today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least for me, I spent more time looking at hockey stuff, getting ready for this, than actually doing work. <laughs> yes, that, that is fair. I've, I spent a good amount of time looking into who I'm going to draft this year for our pool as well, because I really need to redeem myself from last year. <laughs> well, last year was hard, because with pandemic and everything, it's kind of hard to pay attention. That's true, and I lost a couple of weeks because my goaltenders were COVID or something, had COVID or something, then that ruined me, so... <laughs> with... Aren't you glad that I added that IR plus slot for everybody? <laughs> yes, that was definitely a blessing. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this definitely won't be the only time I have you on here. Let's be real about that because, again, we just love talking about hockey. Uh, and I was thinking, I was like, maybe we should do our own trade deadline show. I don't know if I'm ready for capability-wise to do that yet, but maybe one day we should do it. Yeah, some instant analysis. I mean... I think that'd be pretty pretty fun. We just have to make sure we have a lot of extra content ready to talk about because, well, we've seen it on TSN. They come up with ridiculous things to do. So we need to find some things to do during the times <laughs> there's no trades. Should, should we get a quiz master in too, just like they do? Probably. We probably should. <laughs> but let's get into this preseason and offseason reflection predictions and discussion, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's so much we could talk about, but obviously... We have to discuss the Calgary Flames, of course, because we're both Flames fans. Uh, but for some of us, it may have been a bit of a disappointing offseason. You know, Johnny and Monty both stayed. No other major moves made. I mean, the Kraken swiped our captain, Giordano. And the only major addition really being that of two-time cup champion, Blake Coleman. Uh, so what do you kind of see was the biggest takeaway from the Flames offseason? Well, for me, it's the flat cap. The flat cap really, I think, handcuffs GMs across the league in, as for how much they could actually do. Um, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I mean, to the extent I am, but I also understand that it's hard to do business when there's not a lot of money going around or caps, in terms of cap space. So, I mean, based on what Brad could do, I think he did pretty good. Um like even just bringing Coleman was, I think he's a, he'll be a good addition. The term mm -hmm. scares me a little bit, yeah. But um, still think he's a good add. And like losing Geo, I mean, you're not going to replace him. And I, hopefully the incoming defensemen don't think that they have to replace Geo because mm -hmm. that's not their job. Just be the best you can be and let it go from there. Let Brad worry about the team construction and Daryl Daryl Sutter worry about how how to play you. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, all, yeah, losing, everyone's talking about how we didn't replace Gio. I'm like, well, how? Like, how are we going to replace Gio? That's basically impossible. He's one of the best leaders in the game right now. Uh, there's, you're going to be hard-pressed to find someone who has more heart and dedication than that guy. He's not replaceable. And I agree with you, too. I don't think defensemen, you know, like, I don't think Hannafin or Anderson or, or anyone who has to step up to replace him. Just be your own player. Um, 
you know, and lead as a group. Um, the leadership's going to have to might take a year to find who's going to be that leader because they haven't named a captain yet. But I think I think yeah, I, I agree with you. Off season was hard in the sense that of the flat because of the flat cap. I think Coleman adds a lot. Um, but I'm interested. My biggest question mark is who's going to be that fourth defenseman now? Is it going to be mm-hmm. is Valimacking going to step up? He's going to take his game up to the next level. Um, you know, it's it's hard to, hard to tell at this point, of course. But you know, it's that's where my my question mark lies. Yeah, and I've been I've only caught a couple of the preseason games. Like um, Zadorov hasn't really Zadorov Zadorov. How are we going to say his name? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard just, both. That, just that Russian guy. Yeah, the Russian guy. Um, he hasn't really impressed me too much. Um, I mean, outside of a couple of big hits, one leading to a goal that we were just discussing the other day. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think he's, right now he's trying to do too much. Yeah. And the big question mark for me is why the Flames side to Branson <laughs> for the amount that they did. Yeah, that's when a, you have a guy a like Michael Stone who was much better and cheaper. Uh, and that's saying that's something true. when it's Michael Stone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the good Ratson signing. Like, I get what kind of player he is. I yeah. was confused that the Flames brought him in, especially with because I've, 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 I feel higher on someone like Connor Mackey, uh, who I think yeah. can step into a full time role this season. Whereas Gabradson, like, yes, he's he's good. He's a you know third liner, seventh defenseman. You know, he can be right on a play some some minutes, but it's still scratch my head on that signing yeah and uh shellington's had a great camp he's yes. been really noticeable so far yeah and that's i mean i i'm kind of i kind of like shellington he has lots of speed but there's just some games where he's just like not noticeable and he's just invisible and you can't notice him at all but then he has other games where as i said he's fast and he's in the game so i'm hoping he's more consistent yeah let's hope he has if he can continue and translate his preseason game to the regular season maybe he sees more ice time mm-hmm. yes I, it's Kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah. And another signing that I didn't even realize until I was I went to a preseason game last week was just, we got Brad Richardson. I was like watching the preseason game, like Richardson, like Brad Richardson, or do we have a rookie that's named Richardson? <laughs> but it is Brad Richardson, and you know what? That's the signing that actually I think is going to benefit the Flames a little bit as a fourth liner. He's pretty good on faceoffs. He has a bit of that veteran grit to him as well. So I th- I think that could. If he if he sticks with the team full time, I think that could pay out a little bit. And for eight hundred K, you know, it's not bad. Yeah, both him and Trevor Lewis, I think, will bring a great veteran presence. They're familiar with Sutter. Mm-hmm. You know, they've won cups. It's gonna be that bottom six, fourth line presence with guys with a guy like Milan Lucic. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Richardson and Glenn Godden will probably create like that fourth line center platoon. Yeah. Where you, if you need the veteran presence, you bring in Richardson. If you need the right hand shot, you bring in Godden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think yeah, Glenn Godden is one of the ones that I think might have more ice time this year. See a bit mm-hmm. more. Um, you know, players like I think Connor Zari and Jacob Pelche may still take another year to get them in full time in the NHL. I think it's better that they send them down to the A rather than you know keep them as an extra forward up with the Flames. So. Uh, but Godden is one of those ones. I think he's at the point now where he could be that extra forward, play a game or two here, and then yeah, Richardson plays the rest. Yeah, and I was kind of hoping that Matthew Phillips would stay up, but um, I think they sent him down yesterday after clearing waivers. Yes, I think I did see his name included there. Um, yeah. But I think he's he would get he'd be one of the first ones to be called up. I think if there was injury problems or just needed some more help up in the on the team. Some more offensive help, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised that no one claimed him. I thought somebody would claim him for sure, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, this time of year is always interesting because, like, you know, it's kind of scary. You have to put some players in waivers that you're not sure that, you know, you don't want them to lose them, but you don't have space for them. So it's always that kind of like, uh, give it a try, and hopefully it doesn't get uh, swiped up. Please don't be Martin St. Louis. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no more of that. <laughs> um, and the last question on the Flames before we kind of go into the offseason as a whole. Uh, how are you feeling about our backup goalie situation? Um, kind of a two-headed monster there. I think uh, Dan Vladar has played pretty well this preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adam Warner, I think right now Vladar probably has a little bit of uh, an edge there. Yes. Um, 
I think I, I only watched the one game with them where they played. Um, so, I mean, it's good to have two young goalies in the system that can actually push each other for that backup job. Yeah, I agree. And, something... and, and Vladar showed some good uh, uh, starts last year with Boston later in the season, I think. Uh, yeah. So when the Flames signed him, I was like, okay, you know what? I think I'm okay with it. I think, you know, he's a bit of a proven backup right now, and he's still only 24, so I think that's a good signing. And I didn't know much about Adam Warner, but he seems to be pretty solid too as for, for a backup potentially. Yeah. As, as far as our options go, I think they're limited. I thought mm-hmm. maybe in the off season, we might get a guy like James Reimer. I think he would have been a good fit here, but yeah. um, given what we have until Dustin Wolf gets here. Yes. <laughs> I'm really excited for um, Dustin Wolf one day. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know, our track record with goalies. <laughs> it's true. Leland Irving. Oh, um, Joni Ortio. Yeesh. Brent Cron. Ah, <laughs> oh, Brent Cron. <laughs> Who else you got? <laughs> Those are the three that used to come to my mind when I think of the the failed ones we've had. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of our talk about the Flames. I'm sure we'll dive more back into them at some point. Uh, but looking at the offseason as a whole, there was a lot of action on the first day, more than you've ever seen uh, before, which was kind of nice for a change. Usually the first day is kind of like, oh, here goes some big names. But this one like just was like, move after move after move. I remember I was like tweeting. I'm like, oh, I'm tweeting this, tweeting that, tweeting that. And I couldn't keep up. And I had to like go back and I ended up just making a list and said, here's the moves that happened the last like five minutes. Um, but I mean, a couple teams like really were really active. Like the Coyotes, they just blew up their team, stockpiled a bunch of picks yeah. and finally got rid of Ekman Larson. Um, the, yeah. Bla- the Blackhawks, they made some surprising moves and getting Seth Jones and Marc-Andre Fleury. The Oilers, they brought in Zach Hyman. I mean, uh, is there any team that kind of really impressed you or stood out this offseason? Um, as far as impressing me, I don't think any one team impressed me fully. Like, there were some teams where I thought, okay, that's a pretty savvy move. Um, like you mentioned, I don't – with Edmonton, as a Flames fan, I don't mean to pick on them, but yeah. I don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> with, no, especially I, with yeah. their defense. Yeah. Like, their defense is like you're bringing in Duncan Keith, who's almost 40 – his underlying numbers have been cratering for the last couple seasons. Yeah. How is he going to help your defense any better? And to give up um, players like Caleb Jones, Ethan Bear, Adam Larson, well, that's from expansion, but it's like, does Duncan Keith and Cody CC really replace that? Mm. I'm not sure. (laughs) No. I mean, I think they did the right move in signing Hyman, for sure. I think that takes a lot of load off McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, And now that power play is scary <laughs> well their power um, play has always been scary just yeah. look at them play against the flames i'm just like oh my god here we go again <laughs> yeah pretty much just don't take a penalty against them but i think yeah. i think they address their offensive needs with zach hyman and even getting a depth forward like a warren fogel i think that helped a lot and they took Derek ryan from us which is i was sad about that but i think they addressed their their forward needs but yeah their defense i'm like what are you like darnell nurse took a huge step forward last year uh he's a dynamic dynamic defenseman now but Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci I'm like yikes like that doesn't yeah. that doesn't give you much you know depth there at all You're like you know yes you have Evan Bouchard who may step up more this year you have Tyson Berry still and then you got like Chris Russell who's good at blocking shots and cool. Slater Slater <laughs> Cuckoo I don't know Coquac Coquac yeah. I don't know I can't whatever, yeah, is, whatever is his Clef name is. Even, is even gonna play this year oh I see you I didn't know. even I didn't even see Clef on me. He's way down there on the injured reserve list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, they, like, if they get him back, that would be a huge help. But I agree with you on the defensive front for the Oilers. And especially in front of an aging Mike Smith. I mean, mm. is he gonna, can he repeat what he did last year? Because if he can't, then I don't see Edmonton doing any better than they did last year. Their offense will win them most of their games. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I still believe defense and goaltending wins championships. No, totally. I think I, I definitely agree with you there. I think great job getting Hyman, but I don't know why you got Duncan Keith. And, you know, you gave up Ethan Bear for Warren Fogle, I think. Was that that trade? Yeah. Yeah. That was the and trade. that one was like, I was like, man, Ethan Bear, he was a solid defenseman. I'm like, and now you have Cody Cece. Good job. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple other teams I don't know really know what they're doing. Like, if you mentioned Arizona. We mm. could go on all day about Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one that kind of surprised me is Philadelphia. Mm, yes. I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on over there either. 
Like yeah, he replaced Warcheck with Atkinson. Yeah. And then I mean, I think Ryan Els will be a good ad, but is he better than the combination of Gossespierre and Hag? And you bring in Ristolainen and Yandel. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if they're any better than they were before. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I wasn't expecting them to do things. Like I, I felt like maybe Voracek might be on his way out. Um, but yeah, I wasn't when they did that trade with with Columbus, just a straight one for one Atkinson for. Voracek I'm like no no offense to Atkinson he's a solid player and good contributor but he's not a Jacob Voracek at a high level you know and just kind of was surprising to me to see what they were doing there um and yeah their defense is interesting you know maybe Ristolainen has a bounce back season because he's always in Buffalo and Buffalo's Buffalo um (laughs) I don't know but but it's really hard to see what they're doing and they could surprise I think you know especially if Carter Mm -hmm. Hart has a bounce back season but I I'm confused by their moves (laughs) Yeah, and Nolan Patrick might come back to bite them too. Yes, yeah, that's true. That I that mean, might... coming off an injury too, you never know what what he's going to be like after that. Yeah, he's still still a solid, you know, potential in his future. But you know, it's hard to say with his his type of injury and stuff if he can come back and be a, a contributor on a night in night out. Mm-hmm. I think for me, a team that kind of impressed me a lot, and it wasn't exactly they did a lot of moves. <clears throat> But what moves they did was what they needed to address, and that is the Winnipeg Jets, mm-hmm. um, because they needed defense. They they have the offense, you know. They have Shifley and Ehlers and um, uh, Connor and stuff, right? They have offensive players, but they didn't really have the depth on defense to really help them. And this offseason, they went out and got Nate Schmidt and Brandon Dillon for draft picks. They didn't lose a player. They didn't lose a roster player. And they didn't lose Dylan DeMello in the expansion draft, which is what I thought they may lose. So I, I was think, pretty sure they take Appleton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, either, was, for me, it was yeah, it was either DeMello or Appleton. I think I actually put Appleton on my list, but I, it was one of those two, right? And they ended up not losing any defensemen. They re-signed Neil Pionk. Um, you know, Logan Stanley looks like a stud. So I really think their offseason is what impressed me the most because they went out there and got what they needed. And now I think Winnipeg, you know, took the next step forward to potentially battle for top in the division and maybe, you know, go further in the playoffs than they have the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and bringing back Andrew Cop, like he's re-signing it, getting Cop under contract as well. Yes. And bringing back Paul Stasny. I mean, those are going to be great moves for them. I agree that Winnipeg was one of, one of the other teams that I thought had a pretty good offseason. Yeah, and not for like the sure amount moves and, and not like big kind of big name moves, but mm-hmm. just dressing needs and um and i think that's gonna go a long way for them and when you look at their goaltender too like they have a solid team they have really good forwards they have one of the best goaltenders in the league um and now they have the depth on defense to to go along with that yeah Uh, and the last team i want to mention too is the detroit red wings who have been down uh in the bottom of the league for quite some time and i think they still will be this year but man, did they fleece the Hurricanes for Alex Nedeljkovic? <laughs> like when I saw that, I was like, "What? Like you traded who for what? <laughs> are you?" And like that was just so shocking to me. And the fact that they have this goaltender now, their goaltender of the future, basically. And they went out and they got uh, the guy from Chicago, Pius Suter. I think he's going to be a stud for them for a while. And then they got young guys around them too. So I think in a few years, like Detroit could be back to the mold, their old selves and be one of the, the better teams in the league. Yeah, and they also bring, brought in uh, Nick Letty. It's like, can mm. he be the, can he be their geo? Yeah. No, He's it's... a player that's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's definitely definitely possible. They don't have all the pieces yet, um, but the moves they made, I think, will help them a lot in the future. I mean, there's no telling what Philip Zadina will do this year. Um, you know, he was a highly... <clears throat> uh, sought after prospect, you know, in the draft year that he was drafted. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think he might be a big part of that too. Uh, you know, Philip Heronik, like I literally, every time I hear his name, I'm like, who? But he's <laughs> one of their best defensemen. So he clearly is pretty good. So uh, I think this team might be pretty good in the future, especially now that they have that, they address their goaltending and got a few more young guys. For sure. I mean, Carolina probably had one of the worst off seasons. To be honest. That's I still <laughs> scratch my head on what they were doing. I'm like, you 
gave up your goaltending, which helped you a lot for riskier goaltending, and then you didn't re-sign Dougie Hamilton. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, they're still good, I think, yeah. but... But to lose all three of your goalies and you bring back Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta, yeah. um, I'm not sure if that's really an improvement. I don't no. even think that's a lateral move. <laughs> no, I, I... Oh, man, it's hard. It's like... I still look at the roster and I still think they're going to be a good team, but like the moves they made just make me just like think for a little while. Like, did you guys know what you were doing? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see how their season goes. They still have really good forwards um, and they still got, you know, a pretty solid defense, even though they lost Hamilton. Although I don't know why they signed Anthony D'Angelo. That's another one that I'm kind of yeah. scratching my head about. Not for a, but, not for a player reasons, but for off ice reasons. Yeah. But like once Anderson and Ranta get, get hurt, who's your third goalie? I can't even name who their third goalie is. Here, let me scroll. Um, <laughs> I got to scroll all the way to the bottom, and I don't even know who these people are. I, Alex Lyon, maybe. Alex but... Lyon. I think that might be their third stringer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, and Anderson's injury-prone, and so is Ranta, so we'll see how that goes for them. Be interesting for them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like you said, their forward core is still pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, no, they still got some pretty pretty good forwards up there. Um, but let's let's take a couple moments here to talk about the Seattle Kraken because that's mm-hmm. obviously when people think like, oh, who's the most improved team? It's like, well, you could take Seattle. They didn't have a team, and now they do. Yeah, um, <laughs> talking about that with you earlier that they yeah. improved infinity percent. <laughs> yeah, uh, but a lot of people were really like hard on them for the way they drafted, and I was one of the people who actually wasn't because I'm like, you know what? I don't understand some of their picks. I really don't. But at the same time, I'm like, but look how much cap space they have. And then they use that cap space to go out and grab Philip Grubauer, uh, Jaden Schwartz, Alexander Winberg. So they ended up adding some pretty solid players. And they ended yeah. up not losing much, you know, in the way of draft picks or anything like that. So I'm like, you know what? They look like a, they could be a solid team. I don't think they're going to do well. But they're also in a weaker division. So I think they're already going to be better than any team in California. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, they're going to be in that middle of the pack with probably the Flames and Canucks. I agree. Like, I think we were spoiled with the way Vegas drafted. Yeah. Um, but the times are different. Like we were talking about earlier, the, the cap is flat for the next probably two years at least. Yeah. And, like, I think I agree with you. I think the way they did their expansion draft was quite smart. Mm-hmm. Maximize cap space and then use that cap space to get some of the – um, some of the free agents in like not even I don't think they even brought in like an A grade free agent like I think their top free agent was probably Jaden Schwartz I'd probably put him as well other than Philip Grubauer but yeah we all thought he was going to resign in Colorado so oh yeah totally totally <laughs> I mean I, I look at their roster and, and like it's it's not bad like these are, these are all familiar names um, yeah. you know you got Eberle Schwartz and Yanni Gord up front right as you probably your top line um you know they got don Skoy, they got brandon tanif who i think is a solid you know middle of the pack player and then on mm-hmm. defense you know of course they got giordano who's going to be their their captain uh you know alexiak i don't know why they signed him to so much money but he's pretty solid defenseman um if adam larson can return you know from to his form he's a solid defenseman as well so i think seattle could do pretty good they could surprise some people but i don't think they're going to be as good as vegas no, not at all. But their defense I think their defensive depth will be their strengths. Yes, I definitely yeah, I would agree with that. Their defense more so than their forward core. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, their bottom their bottom two forwards may not be as good. I mean they got Mason Appleton down there, he'll be pretty good. Um yeah. but not sure about some of the other guys that are down there. But their defensive yeah, depth is good. Yeah, and their goaltending will be solid for sure. Oh yeah, Grubauer and Dreger. I mean, I already thought their goaltending was good with just Chris Dreger. I thought, yeah, this guy's this guy's good. And then they signed Grubauer. I was like, oh, oh, okay then, all right. So you go on one A one B or? <laughs> yeah, they got they got two two solid uh, goaltenders there, and I think um, yeah, no, I think they're going to be pretty good. I mean, and they benefit from a bit of a weaker defense division too, with teams like Anaheim and San Jose, um, and LA in the in the yeah, division. So. I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck into the playoffs. <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be as surprising, but again, I think it's Hope, just because of the weekend. Hopefully division. not at the expense of the Flames, but hopefully not, I could yes. easily <laughs> see them there. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully not at the expense of the Flames. Hopefully the expense of like the Canucks or the Oilers or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah, let's move on to those predictions because, man, I love to predict things. And 
be wrong <laughs> most of the time. Um, so let's start with the 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 big one, Stanley Cup champion. Let's start with the realistic. Who's your realistic option for winning the cup this year? Realistically, as much as I'd love to say the Calgary Flames. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. I, I think we might be in line for a three-peat. Um, pain. Pain. It's pain. It, it, so it is. <laughs> I know. It hurts me to pick them too, but at the end of the day, their roster is still too good. You have a world-class goalie. You're getting two injured players back for the regular season in Stamkos and Kucherov. Um, you like yes, you do lose some players because of cap constraints, but I think Tampa is a good franchise that um, they develop pretty well from within as well. Mm. So they're going to be pretty hard to beat. Um, yeah, I think they're my cup favorite. But shout out to Colorado as well. I mean, you yeah. still lose your number one goalie, but still, they're also still a scary team. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, there's the question mark, yeah, around Darcy Kemper. You know. He did really good in Arizona, but it was also Arizona. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's a positive too. He did really good in Arizona because it's well, it's Arizona. So, it's going to be interesting to see how their goaltending situation plays out. But you know, um, yeah, the Avs are definitely good. And yeah, I mean, I don't blame you for picking Tampa. That's not who I'm picking as my realistic pick, but it's mm-hmm. definitely one of the probably the three or four that I was kind of humming and hawing between. Um, yeah. I ended up going with actually Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. just because. I don't fully trust Darcy Kemper as a starting goaltender. Um, and I think the cup is due for a trip out West and I, I'm going with Vegas. I just think there's their forward core is still there and it's really good. Um, they I mean, they, they got dad enough. Yes. He's overpaid, but he's, he could still be a solid contributor. Uh, Nolan Patrick could step up into a big role. Um, and you know, they got a few other young guys there that could step up too. Uh, and their defense is probably one of the best in the league. I mean, they have yeah. Alex Pedrangelo, they have Martinez and Theodore, um, and then they got young guys like Nicholas Haig and uh, Zach Whitecloud who could step up more this year. So, I mean, again, they lost Mark Andre Fleury, which which hurts a lot. I'm still shocked that they did that. Um, but Robin Lehner is a proven goaltender, and I think he's going to go into the season with a lot of motivation to win. Um, and they got in, they brought in a backup goaltender, Laurent Brossard, who can give support i don't trust him a lot but robin laner i think he has a lot on him this season i think he's he's ready to prove himself i think as playing sense where we've learned not to trust goalies a lot <laughs> yeah i know that's that's the thing. i don't care who what your name is i don't trust you considering <laughs> yeah flames legend laurent brossard uh yes flames legend laurent brossard uh yeah so that's who i'm going with i'm going with i'm going with the vegas golden knights to mm-hmm. to win to win the cup uh, so let's go with our bold prediction, and I already know we're both going to say, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> do, do we pick Calgary? Do we have to pick Calgary? I <laughs> uh, See, here's my thought process behind that. For me, it's like, <laughs> if I don't pick Calgary, and this is the year they win, what kind of Flames fan am I? Or does that just prove that every time I say they're going to win, they're not going to win? And when I say they're not, and then I get into this rabbit hole, and I'm like, you know what? I just need to stop. I just need to stop talking, and I'm going to pick the Flames. <laughs> All right, so if we don't pick the home team, which we I know that we both are, yeah, um, I would go with the Minnesota Wild. Ooh, nice. That's going to be my bold prediction. Um, I think they have a really strong defensive core. If their forwards continue to um, develop, like with Kaprizov, and if Kevin Fiala continues to produce, um, I think they could be a team to watch out for. And nice. Their goaltending tandem should be good enough to at least get them to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yep, uh, but like I said, their decor should be able to make up for any for most poor goaltending, I think. Nice. With, uh, yeah. with Talbot and Kakonen and back in that there. Yeah, I agree. And I think I, I've, I, I believe highly in the Minnesota Wild, too. Uh, I think they're going to have a really good season this year. And Kirill Kaprizov, man, Kirill the thrill. I'm excited to watch him play. Uh, but I guess my pick uh, would be the Florida Panthers, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they also had a pretty decent offseason in bringing in Sam Reinhardt. They didn't do much, but they brought in Sam Reinhardt, which I think is going to help them a lot. Um, I mean, Sam Bennett, Flames legend. He's mm-hmm. he's he's killer in the playoffs. Um, and they just they have a good team, and they proved it last year. Um, they also brought in Joe Thornton just for some added assurance there. Um, you know, and hopefully Ekblad, Ekblad is back this season. 
Um, and he's a solid defenseman when he's healthy. He's really good defense when he's healthy. So I think um, Florida has a really good chance. Uh, they got Bob Rovsky in nets. Uh, Spencer Knight looks like a solid um, goaltender for the future and as a backup. So I think I think Florida is my surprise pick for sure. Oh, and don't forget about Flames legend Ryan Lomberg, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be interested to see of um, to see which version of Sam Bennett shows up during this regular season. Like, does he yes. continue his tear that yes. he started on after being traded, or does he go back to being? 18 not not 18 year old sam bennett <laughs> yeah no that that's that is the big question mark for for sam bennett for sure um but other than that the panthers i think are going to have a solid season and they're in a tough division but i think they can i think they could surprise people a lot more than yeah. uh, a lot more this season yeah and if bennett does tear it up good thing he's in the east <laughs> yes i agree with that <laughs> um all right so um let's go off with a few more things here before we end our time together uh who will be your kind of i guess we kind of just talked about who our surprise team might be but if you have another kind of surprise team that will be a bigger surprise this season uh who would they be and who would be your underperforming team who will kind of just fall from grace or or not do as good as they're expected to okay so my surprise team um i think would be dallas i think they're still good enough they're only two years removed from the stanley cup final and i think i don't does that count as a surprise then i don't know oh it does (laughs) because i I, because i don't think a lot of people think highly of them and i'm one of those people i'm like i just don't think much of them i don't think little of them but i just don't think a lot of them if that makes sense (laughs) yeah i mean their goaltending should be solid if ben bishop is healthy again you've got him you've got brain holdby um you still got hudobin in there i believe so um and then on the back end, you got studs like um, Haskin in. Lindell's yes. going to be a really good defenseman up front. You know, Sagan, Ben, Radulov. Um, Rube Hintz is going to be a good player for them. So I think they have the pieces there to mm-hmm. surprise and make some noise. And they have a healthy Sagan back as well. Yeah, that's going to be huge for them. And underperformed, can I pick the Flames again here? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> If you want to, you can, yes. <laughs> when you ask me like these questions, I'm like, I could pick the Flames for all of these for yeah. different reasons. Oh, for but... sure. I mean, I could reason with that too. <laughs> <laughs> but underperform, I, you know, it's going to, it's probably going to be Montreal. Like you see them go so far to the Stanley Cup final, they're going to disappoint you the next season because I don't think they, like, they didn't get better, but they didn't get much worse. Yep. Um, they're just going to float and being the 16 seed in the playoffs last year and making it to the Stanley Cup final, you're going to naturally disappoint the next year unless you win the cup. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, last year they were the surprise team for sure. So yep. um, yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that one. Um, for me, uh, my surprise team this year is going to be the New York Rangers. Um, I think they addressed it, addressed a need uh, and got a bit more gritty because they have they have the high powered forwards. They have Panarin, you know, Zabanajad. I think Strom is going to be have a big year. Um, and they went out and they got Ryan Reeves, um, mm-hmm. you know, Sammy Blay, Blaze, Blay. I don't know how do you say his name. <laughs> um, uh, so I think they addressed a need, and they have a pretty solid defense defense uh, core when you think about it. They have Jacob Truba, they have Adam Fox, who I think will continue to tear it up. Um, they got some young guys in Keandre Miller. Uh, they got they brought in Patrick Nemeth, who will be like kind of a good solid third line defenseman. So I really think that um, that they could make waves this year and 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 maybe even make the playoffs. I mean, they got two pretty decent goaltenders. I think Igor Shesterkin still has a lot to prove before I kind of like think he's one of the best in the league. But I think he has all the tools to be there. Um, and they still have Gorgiev. That's how you say it, right? Something um, like Georgiev, Gorgiev, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think I think the Rangers could surprise this year and and sneak into the playoffs potentially, but um, yeah, we'll see. And I think the underperforming team for me uh, will be um, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think this is the the year they do not make the playoffs, and I think this is the year that it kind of shows their age and it, it and it, it'll just come to an end. And I think they'll have some big decisions to make at the end of the year because for one, their goaltending, I just want nothing to do with it. Uh, and you know, yeah, Crosby's terrible during the playoffs. Yes, horrendous. 
Um, and, you know, of course, yeah, they start at Crosby. They start at Malkin. You know, Brian Rust is still a really good player, you know, um, Gensel. But I just, I just don't – I look at their roster and I just don't trust it. I just don't think they're going to be good this year, as good as they have been at least. Um, and I think they might miss out on the playoffs this year. Um, and their defense too is I just they don't have the depth there as the, like they used to. Uh, so yeah. I think I think this might be the year that will be the start of changes to come to to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, and for the Flames, realistically, I think they have a shot at making the playoffs. But I think they benefit from that weaker division. I'm kind of just wrapping yeah, up the show here, sure. but but I think another team that could survive might be the Kings. I think the Kings went out and got Philip Deneau, um, and I think that was a sneaky good signing. And I think Arvidsson also might be a good signing. So I just wanted to wrap that up and say the Kings could also surprise. Yeah, and Adler too. Oh yes, and Adler as well. So the Kings could be that sneaky, well, the one California team that might, you know, be sneaky good. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but I do think the Flames realistically could make the playoffs. Yeah, they. I feel like they should. As a Flames fan, they should. They will mm-hmm. probably be the three seed, but not a wild card team. Yes, I don't I, think I they're good enough to be wild card. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think I really do think that they they could they could do it this year. Hopefully, I really hope. <laughs> not gonna otherwise, otherwise, I don't want to know what's going to happen. I think our team's going to blow up. <laughs> okay, so well, there you have it. We made our predictions. You have the Knights, or no, I have the Knights realistically make, winning it all. You have the Lightning winning it all, realistically. Uh, we both have the Flames as our bold pick, but also the Wild and the Panthers. So it should be interesting to see how this season goes. I know I'm super excited. I'm also excited for our NHL pool, which will get underway pretty soon. Um, and I'm really hoping I do better than last year. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a draft in just over an hour here. I mean. <laughs> yes, I am looking forward to it. I have not done too much prep Neither have I have done in previous years, but maybe that's a good thing because the first year we did it, I didn't even know there was a live draft and I just made my list <laughs> and I went with it and I won that year. So maybe, maybe I just won't show up. Maybe the computer can draft for me and I'll just do really good. Who knows? Um, but we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, Carling, thank you for joining me again. Uh, I'm sure you'll be back very soon as we're both hockey fans and the hockey season is back. So I'm sure we'll find something to talk about, whether it's the season at hand or, you know, doing something that we usually do, making teams. And, you know, the Olympics are coming up this year, so that will be fun. We'll probably have a talk about that at some point. Um, But this won't be the last time you're on the show. (laughs) Yep, it's my pleasure. Always fun to join you. Cool. All right. Well, friends, stay tuned because I have another guest joining me in a matter of seconds. Another guest you have heard from before. He's basically my baseball insider with all the details on the MLB playoffs and Blue Jays. Brett Edgecombe will join me just after this. Hello and welcome back, Brett, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, you know, pretty good. Same old, you know, just excited for hockey season coming up and the MLB playoffs, of course, too. Oh, me too. Me too. So you and me actually had the privilege of attending a Flames preseason game uh, last Friday. Uh, Our first in-person hockey game since COVID, and it turned out to be a Flames win over the Vancouver Canucks, which is actually your other team, but I'm glad that the Flames won. Yeah, me too. It's... uh... Nice when the home team wins, even if I do like both teams. I agree. I mean, I don't like both teams, but I agree that the home team should always win. <laughs> oh, you'll come around. Uh, so before we get to uh, MLB and playoff talk, uh, what was your highlight of that game uh, that we saw? Was it the fight or was it your boy Oliver Shillington was the third star? Oh, definitely Oliver Shillington being the third star. He's uh, he's the man that I'm rooting for on the Flames, and I'd really like him to make that top six. And the fact that uh, Daryl has been putting him in so many games and the fact that he did get that third star in that game that we saw, I think uh, bodes pretty well for the upcoming season and where he's going to be placed eventually. Yeah, I, I agree. He is He has flashes of absolute brilliance, but other times where he just is not noticed, so... I hope, too, that he makes a team. It's going to be a bit tough. He's going to be either the 6th or 7th defenseman, I think. 
uh, this season. So hopefully he gets more games than he did last season and that he continues to impress Daryl Sutter. Hopefully. At the very least, I'm pretty certain that we'll get to see more of him than we did last year. But uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That we will, and we want to wait too much longer as the season is just a couple weeks away. But we are here to discuss baseball, and wow, what an end to the MLB season, down to the last day with a potential four-way tie for the AL wildcard. The Jays, they needed a win and some help. They got the win, but got absolutely zero help as the Yankees and Red Sox both won and punched their ticket to the playoffs. How are you feeling on that last day of the season? <laughs> well, I was working most of the uh, most of the day for the end of the season, so I wasn't paying a ton of attention, but I was obviously very eagerly looking up the scores every now and then when yes. I had a chance to, and um, I saw that the Red Sox were down, I think, uh, 3 nothing going into the 7th or something like that, maybe the 5th, but Either way, the Red Sox were down, and I was really hopeful that they would get that loss so that the Jays could um, hopefully play in a tiebreaker game. But the Red Sox had a comeback win, and that big pitching duel between the Rays and the Yankees unfortunately ended up with uh, Aaron Judge getting a walk-off single to end it. But, um, you know, it was... It was really intense final few games, and I think it was really enjoyable for people to watch, and it was really exciting for me to watch, especially because the end of the season typically is a little boring a lot of the time because you kind of get a clear picture of what the playoffs are going to look like and hmm. teams stop trying. But yeah. we had four out of five teams in the American League East division fighting every single game yep. for that spot, those two wild card spots. and. It made for really good baseball, and it was really entertaining for people to see. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I don't think I've, I can remember a time where it was this intense in the last day of the season. Like every now and then, you see, you know, battling for home home field advantage or something like that, but never like a four teams battling for the last two spots there with the with the Sox and the Yankees, Jays, and, and the Mariners too. Um, it was really interesting to see, and I was reading like the day before, like what it would look like if you know. If the Yankees and Red Sox lost and the Mariners and Jays won, I'm like, man, this is just gets so confusing. But it would, uh, you know, it kind of went the most boring way, you could say. Um, yep. But uh, really, really great to see that you know it's such a competitive uh, division. I mean, no one really saw the Rays being first place, and no one thought the Red Sox would be that good either. But it ended up going away. No one thought it would. And, uh, more challenging for the Jays, I would say, as you know, a lot of promise for them. So many positive this season to look back onto and high hopes for the future. So um, it'll be interesting to see how next season goes. You know, looking far ahead past the playoffs, of course, uh, to see what the Jays will be like next year with these same teams. You know, battling it out again potentially. Uh, but I guess for you, what do you think the Jays need to do to get them over that hump and into the playoffs? Um, well, the biggest thing coming out of this season was the lack of uh, depth in uh, the relief pitching. So I had said at the beginning of the season when I was on the podcast first, back in April, I said that the Blue Jays' strengths were hitting and relief pitching, but it ended up being the opposite for the pitching where we had good starting pitching, actually, mm -hmm it really developed near the second half of the season, especially, but we just did not have any good middle relief. It seemed mm -hmm. like, um, I think to end the season, we had 29 blown saves, which Eesh. means that we were leading in 29 games going into at least the final two innings, mm -hmm. if not the final inning. And our pitchers couldn't hold on mm -hmm. to that, to that lead and yeah. we ended up losing those games so that is 29 games that we could have won that we didn't unfortunately yeah. and if we had i mean you saw how close the games were at the end of the season and how important those wins were so if we had even gotten two of those blown saves as a win then we'd be in the playoffs right now so 
We've got really good starting pitching now. We got Ryu, we got Brad Han, and we had Robbie Ray. Hopefully we sign him again. But um, we had good relief pitching in Jordan Romano, but didn't really seem like we had anybody else. Right. And to his credit, Jordan Romano was really, really good, and he developed into a really good closer. He had 23 saves. Mm -hmm. So despite having... 29 blown saves under our other reliever, Jordan Romano saved 23 of those games or 23 games. So um, it's not all bad, but if we're looking to get over that hump, like you said, we yeah. need to have pitchers that can follow up our starting pitching. Yeah, no, that and that's kind of what we talked about too when we we're talking about sports other days. Uh, so they just didn't have a lot of that relief pitching and. I was always impressed to see uh, players like yeah Ryu and Robbie Ray and Mats doing really good uh, pitching and of course the bats the bats did amazing. I mean Vladdy Guerrero had an amazing season. Um, I think you had predicted it earlier uh, back when you were on at the beginning of the season that oh, maybe you'll hit you know between I think you said twenty five to thirty. Um, I did. Yep. He hit forty eight. So, yes. I mean, these are the times you're like, you're wrong, but it's like, it's okay to be wrong because, man, he did so good. He tied for the league lead in home runs, I believe, right? Yeah, he tied with uh, Salvador Perez on uh, the Kansas City Royals. They both had 48. So, he did really, really well. And uh, Marcus Simeon as well got 45 mm-hmm. home runs. Yep. So, I mean, our bats were there. They were good. They were solid. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think for me, the biggest surprise of the season from the Jays probably would have been Marcus Simeon. And maybe that's just my lack of baseball knowledge, but I just wasn't expecting him to hit more than 30 home runs, really. Um, and he was right up there with, with Vladdy, you know, cranked them out of the park, you know, night after night. Uh, for you, who was who which Jay impressed you the most this season? Well, I mean, the obvious choice would be Vladimir, but... Uh, I'd say I'm going to go with Marcus Simeon because mm-hmm. I did not expect him to have the year that he did. He, like we said, got 45 home runs, which puts him in fourth place for home run leaders in the league, yep. which is really, really good. And I, I didn't really know what to expect with Marcus Simeon this year, but um, that, on top of the fact that he played every single game, he played 162 games this year, didn't miss a single one, uh, I think speaks volumes as to the kind of player he is. So we only had him for one year. I'm really hoping that we sign him mm-hmm. for uh, a couple more at least. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's obviously the perfect fit for our team, I feel like. Yeah, I definitely agree, and he's an exciting player to watch, and I just had to confirm something, so I just looked it up while you were uh, talking there. Uh, he actually has the mo- he hit the most home runs ever by a second baseman in a season when he hit his 44th this season. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty cool, a record, and he was in a Jays uniform when he did it, so that's always awesome to see. Yep, I like having records broken and written to the history books by Jays players. But definitely, I hope I hope that... Uh, Marcus Simeon does return next year because the Jays, you know, their bats are really good, but you don't want to, you know, have the opposite problem next year, get all the good pitching, but then not have enough bats. So I think they need to try to keep Simeon in the fold going forward for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, one more question, or actually two more questions about this past season. One was what happened to Tanner Pearson? I remember hearing his name here, near here and there, but never really consistently throughout the season. Uh, I am not 100% sure about that, actually. He, there was a lot of talk about him before, but, uh, or do you mean, uh, Nate Pearson? Oh, Tanner Pearson. That's the NHL player. My bad. Nate Pearson. N- <laughs> Nate Pearson. He, I, I think that he got injured at the start of the season, and that's why he didn't enter the rotation at the beginning and then he played a lot in triple a instead to work himself back in and ended up being um a relief pitcher for a little bit of our season but mm. 
it, he didn't stick there for very long, and I'm not quite sure why he didn't. I don't know if he aggravated his injury again or if they just wanted to have him develop more doing starting pitching in AAA in yeah. hopes that he'll come back next year. But, um, yeah, I was also kind of surprised. I mean, I wasn't super surprised after I heard that he got injured, but um, before that, I was expecting him to be part of our starting rotation, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing that he got injured, and I just was reading something here, too, that uh, they decided to keep him in the bullpen for the remainder of the season so that he wouldn't, I guess, aggravate any injuries. So um, hopefully hopefully that he can return to action next season uh, healthy and ready to be part of that rotation. I hope so. He was our number one prospect for a pretty long time, so um, we're expecting big things from him, and he seems to have a history of injuries, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that that isn't going to be a common theme when he comes into the MLB. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. So my last question on this past season is who wins the MVP in the American League? Is it Vladdy Guerrero Jr. or is it Shohei Otani? Or is there another uh, name that deserves it more than those two? I don't know. No, it's going to be between those two for sure. Any other year, I would say Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because he had a monster of a season. The only thing that's going to keep him from being able to get the MVP title is the fact that Shohei Otani is a pitcher as well. Mm. Yep. And not an awful pitcher this year, actually. Um, he had an ERA of... 3.18 so that's that means um over the course of nine innings he averages about three runs against which isn't bad hmm. especially when you're on a team that has mike trout of course yes and he had two or nine wins and two losses this year so he has a very good record and then he was third place in home runs hit with 46 yep so i really have a hard time putting vladimir over that yep and i think just the fact that he can do some good starting pitching and he's an amazing hitter i think really it's i feel like it's a no-brainer honestly that it should be shohei otani despite the fact that i love vladimir and he Mm -hmm. had an insane year yep Yep, no, I agree. Uh, my question is, is it even fair that is like if Shohei Otani has a season like he did this year, every single year, or even gets better, is anyone ever going to beat him in MVP? Well, if he doesn't pitch well or if he doesn't hit well, I think that it would be easier to put people over top of him. But it's just the fact this year that he did good pitching mm-hmm. and he did good hitting. It's hard. To, it's hard to beat that yeah. when you're talking about most valuable player, like a player that is the most valuable to a team. You got to put a guy that can pitch well and hit well over top of anyone who can only hit well or only pitch well. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I get it. And this year, for sure, Otani was was a beast on both both sides. So I think um, I think he's going to deserve it. And I think uh, I'm sad too that Vladdy might not get it this year, but. If Vladdy keeps improving and keeps playing the way he did this year, I think his name will be on the ballot every single year for MVP. Oh, I think so. And Vladimir has a long career ahead of him. So I, there's there's going to be a lot of chances for him to to get that title, that's for sure. And hopefully he stays you know, in a Blue Jays jersey for his whole career. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right, so now looking ahead to the playoffs uh, who are you looking at right now as your favorite to win the team to beat and kind of your realistic prediction to win the whole thing? The team that I think will win the whole thing is going to be, it's I'm really having trouble deciding between the Rays and the Giants. Hmm. I could go over my whole bracket with you, but for <laughs> my World Series final, I have the Tampa Bay Rays versus the San Francisco Giants. Nice. And I think that I'm leading, leaning more towards the Tampa Bay Rays right now mm. because they just have a ton of depth on their team. Yeah. They 
it's really hard to plan against the Rays right now because the fact that they have so much depth means that they can change up the lineup all the time. And mm-hmm. so no matter which pitcher a team puts on or no matter which hitters the team puts on, it seems like the Rays have an answer for whatever hitter or whatever pitcher they come up against. Right. They always have the perfect guy for every um, situation. Mm. And they always have a plan to beat you. And so I I think it's just hard to plan against a team that can shift their lineup around so much. It's almost like you're playing against a different team every single day. Yeah. So I think that's going to come to quite, it's going to be quite the advantage for the Rays. So I don't know, I don't know who would be able to stop them in the American uh, league, but the Giants, I think, have the best chance because they're a pretty powerhouse of a team. Yeah, that's fair. And those are two teams that I don't think anyone was really predicting to be as good as they were this year. Um, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but no one, I think, predicted those two teams to be first place. No. I think most of the talk and what I predicted back in April was that it would be the Dodgers who would lead the National League. Mm-hmm. But they kind of floundered in the middle of the season and couldn't really recover until near the end. And yeah. the Giants just kind of came out of nowhere and blew everybody out of the water. I think they had a 107-win season this year, yes. which I'm pretty sure is the best in the league. But I'm, I think don't so, quote yeah. me on that one. But I think, yeah, I think that's the best. And, yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting it. And I don't think that anyone in their division or their in the National League in general is going to be able to stop them. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I trust your, your, your say on baseball. So that sounds good to me. Um, I think my limited capacity of, of baseball knowledge I actually think uh, my final would be the Rays and the Dodgers. Um, I just read about the Dodgers today, and I was just like, man, they're still a powerhouse team, and they could definitely repeat with um, with uh, with the roster that they have. I think. Um, I think they'll. It's hard because yeah, I know the Giants did so well this year. I, don't, I again, I don't know much of the details, but I just see the Dodgers as being the team to beat in the playoffs, uh, just because of their experience last year. Uh, so I guess I'm doing a repeat of last year. Wasn't it the Rays and Dodgers last year too? Uh, I know it was the Dodgers for sure. I don't know if it was the Rays. I know they'd raised I the game. Like that's, I should know that, but, um, it was such a weird season. So mm-hmm. that's true. Um, but the Dodgers definitely could win. Um, uh, they have a great team and they've been on fire this last month, but, uh, Looking at the record between the two teams for this year, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been pretty close. It's 10-9 uh, to 9 for the Giants, but the final series was 2-1. to one. And I think like the, the Giants have won the last two series against the Dodgers, so yeah. it, feel, it feels like to me that the Giants have the Dodgers number, but mm-hmm. I mean, playoffs are a different beast, so anything can happen, really. It's true. So I guess uh, staying with that predictions, um, who is your team? Uh, like who's your dark horse team? Which team could surprise everybody and make it to the final, or just go deep? Uh, which team are you going for as your dark horse? The Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to be my dark horse. Nice. They finished second in their division, I think, um, or maybe second in the league, but. Um, they weren't expected to be very good this year, at least not to the caliber that they have been this mm-hmm. year. And I think that people are paying a lot of attention to the Gi- Giants and the Dodgers, of course, but I think the Brewers have a playoff team and they could definitely surprise us. I think my my dark horse is going to be the Cardinals. And the only reason I'm going with the Cardinals is because, man, did they end the season off strong. They did. 
It's very interesting that you say the Cardinals, though. You think the Dodgers will win, but the <laughs> Cardinals are your dark horse. And they play against each other in the wild cards. So that's I'm just one saying, of those whoever two, wins that series is winning yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to see, but I mean, it's not a bad prediction for sure. Yeah, either way, it's going to be an interesting playoffs, I think, because uh, of the element of surprise so many teams had this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Giants, Dodgers, Rays, those are kind of the top teams up there, the hard ones are going to be beat for, for anybody, I think. Yep, it's uh, it's going to be a challenge, but who knows what can happen. It's true. Um, so before we wrap up, I'm going to go over your predictions from the beginning of the season. Sometimes these are very All painful. Right. Sometimes there's times to celebrate. Uh, we'll see how how you take it. Um, starting with the home run leader, you had Mike Trout down, which of course is a really good prediction when you think about it. But he finished the season with eight, and neither of us could believe that when we first saw it. Nope, that was uh, that was surprising to be honest, and really unfortunate. He he had an injury in May and was never able to fully recover from it. So in September, he announced that he was going to forego the rest of the season and just focus on healing up. So that leaves him with 30 games played and eight home runs, which is pretty unfortunate. But, Mm -hmm. you know, these things happen. It's true, yeah. And and he's an amazing player too, but he's had injury problems throughout a lot of his career when you think about it. unfortunate for them and for the angels who was your surprise team of the year uh, and they didn't do horrible um because you know they had shohei otani leading the way there uh, but of course they're not a playoff team um but they were your surprise team did they surprise you either way even though they did not make the playoffs they did they did most of the year without trout and did fairly well i think it would have definitely been a different it would have been a different conversation if they had Trout because I think that they might have been able to become a playoff team. But mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, they just had too many injuries and couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and of course, we talked a little bit about uh, your prediction for Vladdy getting 25 to 30 home runs. Again, he finished with 48 because um, you had him as the leader for the Blue Jays in home runs, which he did, uh, just not... You got way more than you predicted. And actually, there's three players that got more than 30 home runs on the Jays with Guerrero, Simeon, and Hernandez, and even Bo Bichette, who gets a lot of hits, not as many home runs. Uh, he had 29 home runs on the year. Yeah, uh, I think that's... I mean, I'm glad I was wrong in that sense. <laughs> but we had a lot of good hitters this year. We had uh, seven players, I believe, who hit 20 or more home runs this year. Yes. So, yep, like, seven. we've got we've got good hitters. Yeah, I mean, that, that also was George Springer for only about half the season. So, and he had 22 in 78 games. So that's um, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he, he missed 84 games and still was up there in home runs. So imagine if he had played a whole season, what that number would be. Well, you definitely would have three players with over 40 home runs, I would say. That would be insane. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's a, again, that's a prediction that didn't quite pan out, but in a good way. Um, yes. And, of course, your player to watch was Shohei Otani, which is a given, and he had an amazing season, as we've talked about. Um, and, of course, your bold prediction that we saved till the very end of that show was the Jays winning an AL championship within two years. And based off this season, I would say they are on track for that potentially next season. Yeah, that one's a real bummer because if they had just won one more game, we would still it, we would still have the opportunity for them to win the AL championship this year. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's just not the way it went. But I got one more year, so if they win the championship next year, I'm still in the green. And you did give them a five five year window to win the win the whole thing so i mean based off this season lots of promising players hopefully they can bring back a couple of those players you mentioned like robbie ray and marcus simeon uh bring in some relief pitching and 
honestly, I think next year they could they could do it. They could definitely win the division, I think, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won an AL championship. I'd be so pumped, but right now I am going to be focused on watching how they develop the team in mm-hmm. the off season and see what kind of signings they make. Like you mentioned, I want them to sign Robbie Ray again, and I want them to sign Simeon again, and then we'll see what kind of trades we can do or what kind of um, buying we can do for relief pitchers because that's the most important part. Absolutely. In off-season, it can be fun, stressful, but definitely looking forward to next season for the Jays either way. And looking forward to the playoffs that are going to be starting tonight, actually. Uh, so by the time some people are listening to this, we'll already know if the Yankees or Red Sox have won properly. Yeah, actually, probably. Just for the record, I'm going for the Yankees on that one. That is fair. I know someone at work that would be very happy with that. Yes, so do I. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Brett, uh, for joining me today. And I'm definitely looking forward to what the playoffs have in store for us. As a reminder, you pick the Rays as a championship, correct? To win it yep. all. And I am going with the Dodgers. Those are realistic picks. And, of course, the Dark Horse picks are for myself, the Cardinals. And you picked, I can't remember now. It's escaped my The mind. Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers. There we go. So those are our predictions. And we'll see if either of us are right or if we're completely wrong. Time will tell. <laughs> well, yes. Thanks again, Brett, for joining me today. And I'm sure I will have you back on again sometime in the near future as this is a new season for my podcast and lots more episodes are coming uh, your way this year. Well, it's always a pleasure to be on and I'm looking forward to what you got in store for us this season. Sweet. Well, that about wraps things up here today on the Boxer Podcast, but I will be back to close today's episode out in just a few seconds. All right, that's about it. I am really looking forward to the NHL season just a week away and attending the Flames season home opener just over a week away. Really hoping for the Flames to do well this season because this would definitely be the last season to see this core intact if they don't do well. So much going on in the sports world. The NFL and CFL seasons are going strong. MLB playoffs are here. NBA is right around the corner, so this is really the best time to be a sports I want to again thank Carling and Brett for coming on the show today, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. If you're not already, please follow me on Instagram at the Box Score Podcast and on Twitter at the Box Score underscore. Until next time, be safe. See ya.